what is going on anyway? Hello and welcome. I am Anne Headley and this is my podcast, What is Going On Anyway? I'm inquiring about this particular time around the full moon, what has been arising in my thinking and my feeling, and what does the I Ching have to offer us as advice for this next two-week cycle? The weather report is that the ash trees have finally leafed out. It actually took the warmest of days. We got one of those over 90 degree days that's quite rare, even in the height of summer in Maine. And it came just before Memorial Day and it pushed the ash trees to finally leaf all the way out. So at this point, we've arrived fully into this new mode of frost-free nights. And there's something quite luxurious about this natural warmth where we can walk in and out through the doors. We're not carrying coats around with us. And for me, with my glorious bald head, I don't have to wear a hat all the time. It's incredible freedom in this weather. And with that, of course, comes bugs and our relationships with black flies and mosquitoes and ticks. And of course, those bugs bring up relationship issues and questions of how do we feel safe? How do we keep ourselves protected while exploring into the wilderness? Um, interesting questions about how we decide where our edges are, how much we can take. Are we willing to risk Lyme disease? Are we willing to get black fly bitten so much that we, I've gotten a fever before when I've gotten too many black fly bites at once. And so, with this newfound sense of exploration, of possibility, we also have this limitation. And isn't that interesting that there is a kind of give and take as we move into a new season? I just want to take a moment to settle. What I want to talk about has a bigness to it. And I want to bring it back into my body as I think about talking about this subject for me. So if you would take a moment with me and take a full breath in, enjoying luxuriating in that sipping of air, filling your lungs, reaching into the edges, and then letting it go. This magic relationship with the breath, always there, always there. You know, sometimes I will talk about in yoga class how we can remember the feeling of being supported as we sit in relationship with the floor or the chair that we're in, knowing that with all of our being, we trust that the floor or the chair will hold us. That's what it feels like to be supported. And in this sacred and most romantic of relationships, that one that we have with the breath, notice how it's always there. Sometimes you pay attention to it. Sometimes it's in the background, but it's always there supporting and caring for us and giving us ways to be, I mean, literally inspired, inspiration, respiration, 
Okay, so that's the breath. We're bringing the breath into the podcast today. Last time I was talking about how important it seems to me to let our voice be heard, let something about our individual unique selves, the wholeness of ourselves, be part of the story of who all of us are together. And that if AI is using us as a way to understand itself, let it know all of us. So for those of us like me who have been quietly, creatively making things, but not really sharing them with my people, my community, it seemed that there was a call to action to express more art in the world. And so this time I'm being driven to talk about art and what is art. Now that's a huge topic, but let's be bold and say that art is the making manifest of creative energy. So we have some spark of invention and there is a process where thought becomes action. And oftentimes that action has a material effect. Now, sometimes thought into action ends up being ephemeral. It ends up being a performance piece, say, and that becomes art. But the art is that process of something invisible being made visible and that very often it is shared with other people and it can be witnessed or there's a participation with that something that was once invisible and became visible. And one definition of art is this, the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form, such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. We also understand art to be most creative endeavors, including writing, singing, poetry, and craft. Have I talked about chakras in the podcasts yet? I guess it doesn't matter if I have or not, because I think I need to go through it quickly here. My own... Um, and this is my own interpretation of a chakra system. So the first three chakras of the body are designated for our bodily survival. So we've got the root chakra that keeps us safe. If you are fed and housed and your body is functioning properly, your root chakra is in order, you feel safe and secure. At the second chakra, we are concerned with communication and flow of energy and finances and creativity. This is where, when we feel safe, there is a creative urge, like uh, this is procreation too, but there's a creative urge inside of us that just has to do with straight up desire. We just want something. We just want to do something. We just want to see if something would look good this way. We just want to get our fingers into 
the world that we're in. We want to use these bodies and experience something. That's second chakra stuff. Third chakra is a sort of mastery. It's a sense of, I did this. It's an accomplishment. It has to do with graduations and certificates and mastery and, and doctorates. And, and it also has to do with like riding a bike. That's, that's third chakra stuff. So I'm concerned with one, two, three here, getting rooted, grounded, and safe, sparking our desire, and then doing that thing until we feel a sense of accomplishment around it. And to me, that is the process of art making. I actually think art is essential to the human being, that it's like water. It's a necessary aspect of being a human. And like water, you can commodify art, but that doesn't mean you should. And it doesn't define the meaningfulness of art, just like commodifying water doesn't define the meaningfulness of water. Not at all, right? That seems silly to think of it that way. And art expresses something that is necessary. It arises when we feel safe. We must be able to express ourselves creatively and to witness that expression outside of our own mind. So it's one thing to fantasize about a thing, but that only goes so far. It sort of um, creates a looping that doesn't draw us up into that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chakra. So in that system, we're going from rootedness to sparking desire for something else, for some creation. The third chakra is a sense of completion around that or mastery around that. The fourth chakra is sharing that outwardly with love. The fifth chakra is self-expression, speaking truth. So when we go through these cycles, you can see that the rooted grounded space offers a platform for the creativity at the second chakra, the completion of that at the third chakra, the feelings that arise from that experience in the fourth chakra, sharing that outwardly, and then speaking our truth from the fifth chakra, knowing that that's how we function through our desire. The sixth chakra up at the third eye point is the place where we see clearly. And it's not a, exactly an all-knowingness. It's a seeing clearly of how we fit into the order of things when our desire is sparked to life through our creativity. And the seventh chakra is the crown chakra. And that's that place of, can you feel that sense of contented satisfaction? All is well. I'm fulfilling my purpose. All is well. My desire is sparked. My fire is kindling. I'm rooted and grounded. And as I create an accomplishment, it, how do you say that? It fountains back down and supports our rootedness. So I'm trying to draw a picture for you of how these all stack upon one another and they depend on our creativity. They depend on our art making because that's the place where, mm, that's the engine room. That is the place that 
gets all of the other cogs going. So when you think about our society rooted in a sense of shame and the hierarchy around needing to fit into the system where there's always somebody better than you, always somebody worse than you, but the only way for you to be safe in that hierarchical system is to deny part of yourself and to shame yourself for that spark of desire that you have. So we are screwed if we're also trying to fit into a hierarchy where we have to deny our creativity. The true hierarchy that we need to be concerned with is that one inside of ourselves where we're rooted, desire is sparked, we follow that, we find a sense of completion around that and continue the cycle again, getting ourselves more and more geared up to share through our heart, to speak our truth, and then to see with that third eye how we fit into the order of things, really, really fit into the order of things, not how do we climb the capitalist hierarchical ladder and fit, but how do we fit into the whole of the ecosystem that we find ourselves in? People need a way to express isn't accessed in other ways. We have thoughts and feelings and ideas that don't fit easily into our lives, sometimes because they don't fit because of the conditioning that we have been exposed to, or its propriety, or its current cultural standards. And art offers an outlet. It's like a pressure release valve for our beingness, the, the whole of ourselves, that cannot be contained by the ways in which we are defined by the times we're born into. All art is meaningless in that sense. It's not about the end product so much as the process of getting there. Sometimes an artist is quick and improvisational, or sometimes an artist is determined and calculated, but always the artist is engaged with the ephemeral spark of something that is quite impossible to grasp, that spark of life really, the individual expression of ego in the best sense is the differentiation of human and God. Art is a way for us to describe how we're different, how we're unique, how we are an expression of God, but we're different than the expression of God that we see in the other person. And in the best sense, it has a way of describing uniqueness. We can see that in art. We can see the humanness in the artist almost always. I mean, some art is really interesting that you can take that out of it, but there's still something behind it. Perhaps we all really understand that there is a deep, unity that underlies our existence. And perhaps we delight in that dance of individualism that's apparent through art. It is such a wonderful thing for me to feel both connected and distinct by witnessing the activity of artistry. 
I usually get really inspired when I go to museums because I feel myself saying, I matter. If this matters, then I matter. And it's easy to say, ah, I could do that. That's not a big deal. But what it is, is there is a value placed on the individual in an art museum. And that just delights me. So let's think about, you know, good art and bad art. I don't know that they're really, I, I think there's value in, in critiquing art, but really, really, really art is just an expression and we need every little bit of it. We need the bad art. We need the simple art. We need the complex art. We need the refined art. We need all of it because all art is necessary. So hopefully that takes the barb out of making art if you have any blockages around it. You must make art. Doesn't that kind of take the sting out of it? You have to do it. It's happening in you. It, even if it's just the way you are holding your toothbrush, it's happening. So you might as well do it. You don't have to really worry about whether it's good or bad. That's not the point. The practice of doing it, of taking something that expresses your way of the invisible made visible and letting someone else have access to seeing that, to feeling that, to participating with you and your art, that connection and that participation in the language of art, that is the why. So I'm saying this to myself, really. Go do that. Hey, Anne, go do that, what you're talking about. Make your art your way, your thing. Your expression doesn't have to fit any particular way into the world. Let it participate in this maya or sheath of reality. Let it participate in the skin of the world. I have been curious about why art making is so significant to me. I've long suspected that if I could understand more about the second chakra, I could really understand creativity and why it feels so essential to me and so necessary to our overall health and well-being. I've been picking away at that puzzle for a long time. Why does it seem more than just a choice to participate in the art world or not the art world. I think it's completely aside from that. I think there's something about following our own path that has to do with our desire that leads us to fully participate in the world. This is from the Vedic text, the Upanishads. You are what your deepest desire is. As is your desire, so is your intention. As is your intention, so is your will. As is your will, so is your deed. As is your deed, so is your destiny. And one of the things that art asks of us is, what is our desire? Is it this? No. Is it this? Try this. And that becomes an interesting unfolding of going deeper into 
what is our desire in a world that tells us that our desire is shameful. That's quite interesting. There's so many directions that we're not allowed to reach into because it's, oh, that's too much, or that's shameful, or that's grotesque, or or whatever it is. And I think that there's something in spending a little bit of time and asking ourselves, what is that desire? And how does that fuel our lives and our truth, really? And the way that we can see ourselves clearly in the world. Did you see that show on Netflix, Beef? In the very first episode, two characters are introduced and they're connected through a road rage incident and discover that they are bonded by the need to express rage. Maybe it's something else. That's just what I'm getting. This um, unexpressed anger. And they found sort of their soulmate in each other, but it isn't love. It's in the expression of all the things that are unacceptable, but also inevitable. We have feelings that aren't comfortable or easy. And what do we do with them? And this show is is showing a sort of connection through a relationship that allows that part of ourselves to be expressed. In the very last scene of that first pilot episode, it becomes clear. A need is being met by finding their nemesis. And there is a deep satisfaction in expressing that. Um, you can see that in the last scene, they, it just seems so horrible, horrible. And then they're like running toward each other or one's running away, one's running toward, and they both have this uh, smile that comes across their face. And that smile expresses a kind of satisfaction, like, ah, oh, finally, something real is coming out. And I think there's something, well, I think my point is, I think that's what art is, that it's the need to express what is suppressed. And I know that sometimes art takes the form of just plain old prettiness and beauty, but underneath that is the expression of something that maybe has no other way out. I think we have to have a way to be fully, completely alive and some kind of self-expression is necessary in order to unlock the potential of our incarnation. That's sort of like my secret thing is that I think that there's some sort of potential and maybe it's just living outside of capitalism. I, maybe I have to think about that for a second. So maybe in a way art is kind of like having gas and we have to get it out somehow burping, farting, or holding it in. Art is how we manage the inevitable gas of our existence. It can be judged and commodified, but in the end, it's all just air. It's going to happen no matter whether we think it's wonderful or embarrassing. I clean my fish tank with a very strong magnet. I push a magnet on the outside that's attracted to a magnet on the inside that has a scrub pad on it. And because of this attraction, I don't have to reach my hand into the fish tank to do this work of scrubbing the side of the tank. It's the attraction that makes this cleaning action happen. And I'm wondering about this attraction 
the things that we are allured to, our desires, and how that gets the work of the world done effortlessly because we're simply following that thing that we're attracted to. Now I can hear that voice. It's my own voice, my friend's voice saying, oh, I've only gotten in trouble by following the things that I'm attracted to. And I'm thinking like, think about this procreation about the beginning of new life and how simple it is in some ways to create this whole complex human being through following allurement, attraction. My friend stopped by on my birthday to give me some gifts and a little special attention. And I won't name her, but you know who you are and thank you. Um, And she was listening to an astrology podcast when she arrived. And for my birthday, I hired an astrologer and had a reading that morning. So we were all immersed in astrological talk. And my friend pointed out that the North Node, that point that we're moving towards in our lives, is a point of desire and that we are grabbing for the things that we love, like yum, yum, yum. And then things started kind of popping off in my mind like fireworks because I've been concerned for such a long time about the second chakra and creativity and all of that being a keystone point in us, pointing us to the direction of our lives. And if we deny our desire, we're actually denying the true north of our life. And that sort of tied it up neatly for me. As I contemplate the seriousness of colluding with creativity in the rich participation in life, I love the synchronicity of having that show up right at the right time in my life to affirm that these ideas are brewing inside of me. I love that about paying attention to synchronicities. And I wonder what this next moon cycle brings us. The full moon is such a lovely time of seeing things brightly and feeling the fullness of ourselves, even when it's full in a way that feels overfull, like ready to release, like overstuffed. There's something lovely about that abundance of a full moon. And of course, it can be hard to sleep when there's a full moon. And here in Maine, we've started to have late nights and early mornings, so much light out right now. And it's really easy to wake up at five in the morning and it's just as fully bright outside as if it's eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And so over the full moon, you might not get a great full night's sleep. And I would remind myself and you, since you're listening, that napping is fine because rest is important. So it's time for our reading. And today I'm going to bring back that sense of sacredness to this question. And it's important to take a moment, both of us here, and take another breath and realize that we can find answers most anywhere. That inspiration is all around us and it does have to do with the breath. So breathing in here. 
allowing yourself to receive the breath again, filling yourself to fullness, just like the full moon and hold it. Feel that moment of pause when there's no more and you're as full as you can be. And then ever so gently release the breath, letting it go, letting it go, letting it go. It really is outside of our control. What stays in, breathing in, breathing in, breathing in. And what goes and breathing out and breathing out. And our breath is always teaching us this in and out. Letting go, letting go. So with that, dear universe, dear vastness of the unknown what can we know about this next moon cycle and what will help us to move through it with grace and the hexagram that appeared when i threw it is 46. my immediate reaction maybe it's generally my reaction, but my immediate reaction was like, oh, it's unchanging. Somehow I like the changing lines. They give me more information or specificity, but an unchanging hexagram has its own sort of wisdom. And I think that I want to read what it means to not have changing lines first. So 46 is pushing upward advancement. I like to read all of the synonyms like I'm a thesaurus. 46 is also ascending the sacred mountain. Now that's beautiful, isn't it? Make the effort. Don't worry. Climb the mountain step by step. Lift yourself. Fulfill the potential. Advance. Rise intervene at a crucial moment. When I read these, it feels like proclamations of greatness that our moment has, has arisen. I mean, I guess it's every moment we have the opportunity to take the next right step. So maybe it's not as grand as it sounds, but let's go back and attend to the unchanging aspect of this hexagram. We're right here in hexagram 46, where we have earth over wind, which makes two inner trigrams of thunder and lake. Without changing lines, advancement, pushing upward, will only occur with a diligent and long-term approach toward the object of your inquiry. You cannot expect to make a giant leap toward your objective through a single sweeping gesture. Instead, through modest, industrious efforts, you must build a substantial base upon which you may then reach your aim. I do think it's a little curious how closely the eaching reading follows the full moon cycle and 
I'm going to read some astrology about this full moon. This is from popsugar.com. I think it's as sweet as it comes, as simple an astrological reading as you can get for the full moon. And here's the quote, June's full moon, the strawberry moon, is something that everyone can look forward to. Why? It is said to bring prosperity, luck, and love. For that reason, astrologers recommend not letting this full moon pass by uncelebrated. Instead, try to use the night to manifest your desires. Instead, try to use the night to manifest your desires. You'll have a good chance of them coming true. Right, short and sweet. But listen to this. This is from R.L. Wing's The I Ching Workbook. You will experience an advancement in personal power and esteem because of a timely accord of your modest, steady actions with the tendencies of the cosmos. The coming success is tremendous in scope since the foundation it rests upon has been developed with true devotion over a reasonable period of time. And since the time is fortuitous indeed for the goals you have in mind, take full advantage of your good fortune by using this opportune time to approach those in authority. Do not be apprehensive or intimidated by this. Assertive and confident contact with those above will meet with successful response. Furthermore, do not pause in the efforts you have made so far, for continuous activity is necessary to yield the most beneficial results in your advancement. Through the steady force of your will, your luck will remain excellent. <laughs> it goes on. You may expect a promotion in political or business matters. Because of your past willingness to adapt your energies to the objective at hand, you will now gain benefits, perhaps beyond your expectations. Your superiors will be receptive to your desires and you will achieve personal recognition. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Such recognition is indicated in social affairs as well. Again, in your social stature is coming, even though it may be unexpected. Join with others in community projects and see them through to completion. You will now instinctively choose endeavors that are harmonious with the rhythms and desires of society. And as a result, you will be favorably regarded. Rather than overshadowing or threatening your personal relationships, your advancement in influence will create a thriving emotional environment. You can now make a genuine breakthrough in communication with those dear to you. If you pursue this actively, you will develop even stronger bonds. All work on the self is now centered in the will. Know what must be done and carry it out with unwavering effort. Through self-discipline, the foundation of a strong will can now be successfully formed. This will bring both immediate good fortune and long-lasting strength of character. The way I'm considering this right now is to think about the arc that we've gone through with all of the different readings has been a bit of a move forward, take a moment with some inquiry, come back to it. This actually does feel like what the promise is of this full moon where maybe there is a fortunate moment here. Maybe there is some 
ease, some sense of Jupiterian abundance. This isn't just a flash in the pan thing. So this feels third chakra-ish. This is a moment of completion that engages our will so that we can carry on and move into the next project or take this energy and draw it into a widening sense of letting our desires take up a little bit more space. So this feels quite benevolent. This feels like a moment of being hugged by this giant full moon, of being drawn into perhaps this yearly cycle, a welcoming, a sense of validation and support for our biggering. You know, this does feel a little bit like we planted some seeds in the springtime and they're starting to take up the space that they require in the garden. And that is something to celebrate and it's something to feel that sense of looking forward to the fullness of that possibility. This comes from Total I Ching, Stephen Karcher. This little bit gives us more instructional information. Ascending describes your situation in terms of rising to a higher level and getting something done. The way to deal with it is set a goal and work towards it step by step. Root yourself and push towards the height. Climb the mountain and connect with the spirits. Bring out and fulfill the hidden potential. This is a very favorable situation. It is pleasing to the spirits. It is the origin of growth, effective power, and the capacity to bring things to maturity. See great people, those who can help and advise you. Look at the great in yourself and how you organize your ideas. Have no cares, fears, or anxiety. Set out towards the south, the region of summer, growth, intensity, and action. This generates meaning and good fortune by releasing transformative energy. Correct, discipline, and put things in order. The hexagram figure shows inner adaptability rising from its roots in the earth. The earth's center gives birth to the trees. If you let yourself be led, you can realize your hidden potential. When people assemble and set a higher goal, they call it ascending. It doesn't simply come to you. Yield to the impulse and work hard to realize the way. Amass small things to reach what is high and great. Be supple and adaptable and use this time. Penetrate to the core. The old Chinese character for pushing upward shows a small ladle used to measure out offerings and official salaries. It suggests a step-by-step -step ascent one measure at a time. This is a vigorous active time. Come from the source of inspiration and involve it in your work. Make good use of seeing great people, whether in the flesh or with your inner vision, to charge you with the energy to begin your ascent. 
Use them to inspire you with a vision of possibilities and help on how to move on upward. Well, we're moving on up. Hard work and steep slopes lie ahead, but the oracle reassures you that you need not worry or doubt. Instead, set your face to the south, as the ruler does. Align your initiatives with the natural order, which can be read in the stars and the compass. And I would say to remember that natural order of the chakras, rooting, grounding, kindling desire, completing and mastering. And that third chakra, can't you see that as the image of placing the cauldron over the fire and transforming something, alchemizing something, but not just alchemizing like um, a magical potion, although it could be that, but just the way fire changes food and makes it nourishing and digestible. And so that transformation happens and then it rises up into the heart, moves out through our truth, expressing through our throat. And then we relax into the seeing, the knowing how we fit. And then the crown chakra lights up and says, let's keep doing this. Actually, this is a this is a good game. Let's do this a little bit more. And then there's a, what is it like? As if you're a tree and your acorns are dropping to the ground and it all starts over again. Some things compost, some things sprout, some things become food. Where were we? Align your initiatives with the natural order and set out towards warmth, light, an activity. A seed germinates and the plant begins to grow in the center of the earth. The noble one has the qualities of both the earth and the seedling, flexible, feeling her way upward, small and resilient, and also yielding and nurturing this growth with all the patient power of earth. She understands that pulling the seedling will not make it grow faster. And so the many small things she achieves will amount to great things in the end. I'd like to include an excerpt of Rob Bresney's reading for this week. You can find this at freewillastrology.com. Unleash yourself. Even if you don't call yourself an artist, you have the potential to be a dynamic creator who is always hatching new plans, coming up with fresh ideas, and shifting your approach to everything you do as you adjust to life's ceaseless invitation to change. It's to this part of you, the restless, inventive spirit, that I address the following. Unleash yourself. Don't be satisfied with the world the way it is. Don't sit back passively and blankly complain about the dead weight of the mediocre status quo. Instead, call on your curiosity and charisma and expressiveness and lust for life as you tinker with and rebuild everything you see so that it's in greater harmony with the laws of love and more hospitable to your soul's code. Isn't that lovely? I didn't read that before now, but 
I feel like all of these things are circling around in a wonderful brew that is celebratory for us as we move through this full moon. Something has been going on for a while. This desire to create the world according to the law of nature, which includes us. We are nature. This aspect of being outside of nature, of conquering nature, there's something so imbalanced around that, of wanting to somehow be elevated from it. There does seem to me a need to rework our connection to being a fully important associative part of every place we find ourselves. What is the soil like where you live? Do you know what it looks like? Do you know what it feels like? Do you know what it smells like? Who is the oldest being around you? Let's just choose the oldest tree. Have you had an introduction to the oldest tree near you? Do you know what the oldest stone is? What's the closest waterway? Where's the highest peak? These are the things that help us align with the way we fit into the natural world. What bugs like to live in your house? What bugs like to live out of your house? How does the wind come into your space? What window can you open to receive the Western breeze? Where's the Northern light? All of these things seem important. How do you watch the sunset? Where is the sunrise? How do we locate ourselves as beings on the earth? And with that, we have found our way through this full moon. It's a full strawberry moon. We've got two cards, purpose and perfection. I'm going to need another card. Perfection is, is tricky, right? The first time I considered perfection as loving what is was in a weekend workshop with Dr. Robert Svoboda. And it was the first time I had someone explain to me that perfection is accepting life on life's terms. Everything is perfect. Everything has its place. Whereas I was still in that mode of purification, perfection, trying to make myself something other than what I was by dismissing parts of myself in order to be more and more acceptable or more and more perfect in the eyes of something else, something outside of myself. The third card that I pulled is harmony. So purpose, perfection, I have to say loving what is, and harmony. May you be well. May you know peace. May all beings be well. May all beings know peace. I'll see you next time for the new moon. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it really does help if you rate and review it or follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or really wherever you are listening to this. I love hearing from you, so please don't be shy to send me a note. 
it's like watering my little seedling self over here to hear that real people are taking the time to listen. You can always support me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash watermoonstudios. And I'm also very open to your sending me some good wishes and energetically clearing the path for abundance to flow my way in whatever form that may take. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.